Let's get to our buddy Andy Hart at WEEI.com. Of course, you can see him on Twitch as well. There he is. For those of you that can see inside the Andy Hart lair, now coming from the upstairs office, mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah. Look I, at you. I, I will. I will. Well, you got that big printer in the background. Is that a fax machine? No, I see? it looks like a, a multi. It's like a printer, fax yeah. machine, all that. And I also yep. see some stolen reams of paper from WEEI uh, there in the background as well. Uh, you're the one. Nope. Nope, You're the I one. Wouldn't even know where to find those, so don't blame me. Right around the corner, in the back, on the <laughs> oh, floor. Oh, it's the old, oh, I don't know where theirs would I'll be. You, defense. I'll tell you where it is, Andy. I'll know exactly where it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Hart, we hear that in uh, in the last couple of hours, we find out that not only Keenan McCardell is going to get a interview for the uh, offensive coordinator job, Nick Cayley as well. What do you make of each of those nuggets of news? Well, the second one first. That's the, <laughs> I knew you were going there. Well, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> you wasted a year, and now the obvious guy who was sitting in every effing meeting all year long, even late in the year, when Bill said, oh, it's too late to make dramatic changes, that guy's going to get an interview. Like, I would turn it down if I were Nick Cayley. I'd be so pissed off, and I would have Mac with me. You wasted a year of my life, <gasps> his life, the organizational life, and now we're going to pretend that I'm a good candidate for a job that you didn't think I was qualified for a year ago, so much so that you hired people that had zero qualifications. I would be so angry right now if I were Nick Cayley. I, I wouldn't even be able to control myself. So that's the Nick Cayley part. What about yeah. the Keenan McCardle part? Uh, that's interesting. Now, I don't know if we how we look at this. First of all, we all know this, and I hope I'm not stepping in any racial issues here, but there's a Rooney rule. Mm-hmm. and. Brian Flores made it quite clear not all the interviews, in his opinion, in the Rooney Rule are legitimate interviews. So there's that aspect to it because I wondered if Troy Brown would get an interview to fulfill the needs of the Rooney Rule or how they were going to tiptoe through that as they tiptoed through the other issues here. Uh, But also, I think a lot of people are sick and tired of the fobs. And then I think a lot of people are surprised. Wait, he played for Bill? Does that mm-hmm. make him a fob? Should I be excited about this? Is this a is this a new candidate? Is this an interesting candidate? Or is this just another sort of outside the circle but still close to Belichick because he played for him? Now, the Kevin O'Connell thing, I mean, that's good. Like, that's one of the young offensive minds. So if you attach that to Keenan McCardell, I think that, you know, makes him more maybe an appealing candidate to Patriots fans. I just like... Whatever you think of the individual interviews and Billy O'Brien or, you know, there was rumblings yesterday of Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Georgia. Isn't this haven't we already accomplished more this offseason than we did the entirety of last offseason just by these people being in the mix? Just the the press release alone, I think, accomplished more. Let's (laughs) start with that. Let's identify a problem and tell you that we're going to fix it. So I already feel better. Then you mix in the fact that apparently the Patriots are getting Lamar Jackson and D-Hop and all these other players based on the Vegas odds. And hell, we are off to a tremendous start this January. I'm enjoying it. Are there other names that you expect to hear throughout this process? Like, will Adam Gase get a turn? Does Nathaniel Hackett get an interview? By the way, old buddy Hackett is interviewing for the Jets OC job today. What a perfect place for him to go with Robert Sala. Go there, get fired again, collect more money. Great for him. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> interesting layers to that. Uh, first of all, if you go to the Jets, who, who's your quarterback? What, you know, because I think they've moved on. Tom Brady. Wilson? Oh, now we're doing that. We're doing the Tom Brady stuff. I just he, threw that out there. Yeah, but that's going to be the answer for right. New Orleans, New York, uh, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Carolina, Fine. Miami. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, I don't know if that would... 
The Lamar Jackson one is weird, too. I know I'm all over the place here. I don't know what's wrong. It's okay. <laughs> Drugged up or something. Um, <laughs> Lamar, don't you have to pair Lamar with like the, a specific guy, a specific offense, somebody who's willing to go all in on Lamar? I know Greg Roman's been that guy for years. He was with mm-hmm. that. He was that guy for Kaepernick. And then he was that guy for Lamar. So that's why I even found it funny. Just let's just embrace the dream or the fun play radio of Lamar in New England. Can you hire Billy O'Brien, and then is Billy O'Brien the right guy for Lamar? Or do you almost have to get Lamar first, whoever, whatever team you are, and then figure out how you're going to marry your scheme up to what he brings to the table? See, see, to me, that whole scenario is 100% playing radio. I don't really think it's realistic because I think that the, the, the simplest, most obvious answer is Bill O'Brien. Like, that's yes. it. And, that, and yes. that is, and I don't know how you feel about it. Do you, I just don't feel... Like, ownership is willing to wait and gamble with maybe this young guy could figure it out. Maybe this guy who has never really proven himself at any point in time is the answer. Oh, yeah. Billy O'Brien has been the right answer for a year plus. Now, the problem is, you know, the rumble. Oh, Monty Ford, he knows Bill O'Brien. Could he bring Bill O'Brien to coach Kyler Murray? Could he get another shot as an NFL head coach in Arizona? And, and working with Kyler Murray, fixing him. And, and Now, I think the, the greatest advantage the Patriots have is location. You know, in real estate, it's about location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard, Billy O'Brien kind of wants to be here. And by here, I mean Massachusetts. Not the Patriots as much as Massachusetts. And then the next step is, well, that's a good job. You know, Mac Jones and who knows? I know we've uh, accepted the idea that maybe Gerard Mayo is returning in some sort of um, next-in-line fashion here. But Billy O'Brien could certainly be a secondary next-in-line option if he returns here. So I think that's a benefit to you. But um, what do they always say about men? They're, they're as face, faithful as their options or something to that effect? Like, Foria, you would know this better than Well, that's I, a so Chris sure. Rock saying. It's uh, yeah. men are only as faithful as, a, yeah, just options. Yes, you got it right, though. So, you, you so B- Billy O'Brien is the perfect candidate. Unless he likes another job more that offers more money, more advancement, head coaching, whatever it may be. So I, I wouldn't screw around. I agree with you, and I wouldn't screw around. Tampa's now become open. I know there were those stories that Tampa almost hired him last year to be Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. So I, I'm, I'm in love with Billy O'Brien. I think he's the perfect candidate because of not just the obvious, but we forget he'd be melding Alabama and New England which is exactly what Mac Jones has been trying to do, right? Like, they're the perfect, let's meld together, Billy O. Let's meld this all together. Uh, It's interesting that you bring up Tom Brady. Does Tom Brady tie into Bill O'Brien's decision? Maybe they partner up. Maybe they pair up. Whatever it is. I wonder if they're... Look, if you go to... uh, If if Brady goes to Vegas, it's a non-starter. But if Billy O and Brady can be like, hey, man, we might be able to package this up a little bit, not for Bill O'Brien to become the head coach, but as you mentioned, the OC, is that something New England has to be wary of that Bill O'Brien might say, eh, you know what, I might pair up with number 12 once again? Only in Tampa. I think that's only a consideration or an issue really in Tampa. Um, Is is it more dangerous because Jason Light is still the general manager down there and was around with all these guys? Well, I think it's more dangerous because it might tug at Tom Brady's remaining heartstrings and okay. the ability to stay in Tampa, stay near the kids. You still have Evans and Godwin, regardless of how frustrating Godwin was. I mean, uh, Evans was for him dropping balls much of the year. You still have a lot of allure there. And if you say, you know what, we're going to bring in Billy O and you guys can work on this and kind of run the show together. Other than that, no. And 
I still think the dream for Tom Brady is is San Francisco. And Christian, you may be able to poo-poo on this. Maybe I'm just playing radio. But if there's one, if there's one thing in Tom Brady's massive world of accomplishments and dreams that he hasn't accomplished, he hasn't played for his boyhood idol team next to his mm-hmm. parents with the family in the crowd. Like I think there still could be an allure there. And then you know this idea that. We saw those pictures last year of his son in camp at Tampa being a ball boy and him like putting it on Instagram and like just being the proud papa. Can you imagine how much that takes it to the next level if if those pictures are in 49ers garb, just like he wore 49ers garb when he was that age years? I just, yep. if there's a sentimental favorite, it has to be the Niners, not to mention they're freaking stacked and loaded. And, and have talent on both sides of the ball, it, it'd be the Phil Jackson next step for him. Yeah, and that'll that'll also determine, Andy, I think, will be determined based on how they finish. Right. right? If they can get by with Purdy, I would say no. Hey, we want it with Brock Purdy. We're just going to keep mentoring this kid. We, we don't need the extra. We would love it, but wrong time, wrong place. What right. about the wide receiver position? You know, there's a couple areas on the offense, and I keep focusing on the offense. I feel like that's the biggest issue. We went through a couple areas of need, and the and the two things that we came up were with uh, a tackle in any shape, way, shape, or form, and wide receiver for the Patriots. We're yeah, for about, the right? Patriots, the absolutely. Niners, they yeah. good wide no, they have their uh, tackle too. That's pretty be. good. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the, Trent, Trent Williams, pretty good. Uh, can we think we could trade for him? How much do you think that would cost? They're the anti-Patriots. They have great coaching, great <laughs> playmakers. They got the whole damn thing, kit and caboodle. Um, yeah, no, I I think. You know, my famous Andy Hart three-step plan to the offseason was offense coordinator, find a tackle, find a number one receiver. And I've promoted the idea the guy that I would try to swing for and sneak in on would be T. Higgins because I think you could beat the market to T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins, and we saw T. Higgins beat the Patriots, dominate the Patriots, what he can be. I think he's one year away from hitting the open market. He's one year away from, well, we can't really pay you because we got Joe Burrow and we got... Um, Jamar Chase, those are our guys we're going to be building around. I, I would try to pursue a trade for T. Higgins as part of a maniacal offseason plan because I think if you get T. Higgins, a lot of the other stuff falls into place. Maybe you re-sign your guy, Jacoby Myers, to be that complimentary playmaker, the get-open-catch-the-ball kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, I think they absolutely need to find a playmaking receiver. The, I started calling them the anti-49ers when you, you look at that Debo play and how easy that was for Purdy. He's got Debo Samuel open by, what, a, a radius of 15 yards? and mm-hmm. he, he catches the ball and he goes 70 down the sideline. You know what that looks like in the stat sheet? Looks like Purdy made a great play and he's having a great day statistically. He did nothing. And I think Mac Jones would benefit from doing nothing a little more often. Yeah, you could understand why the Niners would have flirted with a guy like Mac, or there was the debate. Sure. Because he would have fit exactly sort of what Brock Purdy's doing. Interesting you bring up the Larjos. Uh, Fourier and I had a conversation on that. You need one desperately. I know a lot of the natives aren't going to like it, but isn't that the 14th pick in the draft? Get yourself a plug-and-play guy right away. Bingo, bango. I'm going to get 17 games out of a young stud that's going to be here for five years, and I don't have to pay him $18 million a year. Absolutely. My concern would be you've tried that before, and it didn't work great. I know you'd be going higher and a more marquee player, but we still have uh, the uh, failures of Isaiah Wynn are fresh in our mind thanks to last year. And even the Cole Strange, how good is he? Like, you know, it used to be if you drafted bigs for Bill, you were great. Whether it was Richard Seymour, Logan Mankins, Vince Wilfork, you drafted Joe Tooney. They were plug-and-play great. Now maybe that was some Dante Scarnecchia, which is probably a big part of it over the years, and it's a little different makeup now. 
you haven't exactly nailed the offensive lineman higher in the draft of late. But certainly the theory, the Rashawn Slaters or the Darasoff or Minnesota, like these guys that you get in there and all of a sudden within a year, they're one of the best tackles in football and they change the way, you know, all these criticisms of Max pocket presence and he doesn't move well and he freaks out under pressure. Well, the best way to stop him from freaking out under pressure, if you believe he freaks out under pressure, is to stop the pressure. And the best way to do that, those tackles, they're hard to buy because when you buy them, you almost always grossly overpay, grossly overpay. So, yes, the smart – and you're seeing it in a lot of mocks. There's the the kid from Ohio State has become a popular Mm -hmm. mock. The Northwestern kid as well. The Northwestern kid. Yep. And it's not sexy – but if you add that as part of the plan, and even with the receivers, you know, I know Devontae Parker's trying to talk us into he's a mm-hmm. WR1. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but hit the, the receivers are better than the tackles. Can we agree on that? Like, the you're closer oh, to having yeah. good enough receivers. Dog duty. Yeah, and, and some people think you need two tackles. I think you need to find a way to salvage Trent Brown, and that might be draft a left tackle, put Trent Brown back at right and just let him settle in there for the paycheck that was originally allocated for right tackle. Because if you go into the offseason saying you need two tackles, that almost feels impossible to do in the National Football League. Like to upgrade both tackle spots in one offseason feels like a, a bridge too Didn't far. Didn't Tampa do it? Uh, they did. But uh, I, Signed I one, know. drafted one. Yeah. But, but to your overall point, it's hard because the And they didn't market, need the receivers. Right. Like you well, still, like, there you go. To allocate to call. two tackles and still be able to upgrade at, upgrade at receiver, maybe upgrade at cornerback, maybe upgrade at linebacker. You know, I don't know that you can go all in with the uh, tackle market. So if you can get Trent Brown to play good enough, you probably have depth. We can get real deep on the depth chart if you want to talk about Stuba, the late-round pick, who could mm-hmm. be a swing backup. Um, people just clicked off and turned to a different uh, music station when I brought up So, Stuba. real quick before we let you go, so out of the AFC games, right, let's just focus on Jacksonville, Kansas City, and then Buffalo and Cincy. Yeah. Uh, who do you got in those games? Uh, I like Cincinnati, and I mean that in the literal sense. I really like watching Cincinnati play, and I'm going to take them because – I don't know if it was just the division game thing, but Buffalo's defense did not look good. Buffalo's back end on those did not nine look good. minutes that they played before Hamlin went down, they looked like they were on their heels. No, no, no. I mean this week. I mean, I mean, oh, okay. recently against the Dolphins against a third string QB against a third string QB again. It was a division game, and I know those are weird and the knowledge and the all of that. And and then the flip side of that is for me, Buffalo lost their way offensively. They just turned into like chuck it deep. And I don't think it, it looked more like old Josh Allen, early career. Oh, when in doubt, I'm going to see how strong my arm is. Now it's better now because you have Stefan Diggs. Um, but I don't think their offense or defense is playing as well as they have. They are not peaking at the right time. So give me Cincinnati and then give me Kansas City because I think Kansas City was just hanging around watching all that competitive football this weekend. Like, yeah, we earned this spot. I still have Mahomes. I still have Andy Reid. We're still the team to beat. We'll see you in Arizona. Good stuff from our friend Andy Hart. And by the way, Hart, I'm going to warm the cockles of your heart. Excuse me? The four you stay one, away from my cockles. The 413, Andy Hart sucks. Yes. Get him off the radio. He's awful. You're- consistency is key in life, and he is he or she is the most consistent person on the planet. I love it. Look at P1. the jo- look at the joy I just brought you it's when great. someone when you heard that that person thinks you suck. Hate is gonna hate. That's right. I love the hate. I I feel like I fuel off that. I eat the hate. I, I grow stronger from the hate. It's a joke, there, but I'll let it go. <laughs> oh, Don't look into it that much.
Yeah, no. It's superficial. <laughs> wow. I'm very superficial. I'm very simple. I'm a simple man. <laughs> hey, That's listen. Why Fourier and I get along so well. We're you simple. moved you moved upstairs. You moved out of the den. I missed that Bo Jackson jersey in the background. Maybe I'll bounce around. Maybe it'll be like, where in his house is Andy Hart this week? <laughs> Ooh, Brought there you, you go. By I, would, I would like one from, uh, from the kitchen. I want I wanted, while you're eating, like a big sandwich. Oh, no. Yeah. All he eats are peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> uh, you know what I've mixed in lately? I've mixed in more jam. I forgot how damn good jam is. Strawberry jam. What are you making that face for? I can see your face. Wait, 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 wait. He said peanut butter and jelly. Of course you have jelly. No, peanut butter and jelly jam is and disgusting. Jelly are not it's the same. massively overrated. See, and think, jam and jelly are different. Really, what is the big difference between what is what is the big difference between jam and jelly? It's the way they're processed. Oh, I do believe jam is, is like it a preserve. one with seeds, one yeah. without, or something like that. Jam is a preserve. Yeah. Jelly is just like it's similar to to your cranberry sauce. Like the jellied yeah. version is just like smooth, and you could suck it through a straw. Jelly, you could suck through a straw. So what if you, you what if you mix the two? Do you get like a hybrid, or is is, is <laughs> He would get a hybrid, I guess. But I guess. I don't know. I feel a, like jam is, a, a jam is a hybrid of jelly. No, mm. jam is its own thing. I think jam came first. Look it up. I'm sure really? Wikipedia has it. it now? Oh, Where's the music for thanks. Andy? Way to leave Where's me with that. Now, now I got eight That's minutes the great space of the great space coaster here. This guy flying all over the place between jelly and jam. Hart, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. See you guys. Great stuff from our buddy Andy Hart.